Welcome to the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast. Classic music reviews presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective on the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, and with me, I have my man, my guy, family, my boy Damo, cousin Damo, Dominique Marks, the creator and also host of the Raw Sex Podcast. Of course, you can check that every single week, coming in either every Thursday or Friday, depending on the schedule. Make sure y'all checking out that Raw Sex Podcast, making big, big ways. We just did our second part of In Living Color, where we talked a little bit about interracial date in this past week. So y'all make sure y'all go check out the new episode. And we had a special guest on there, Miss Keisha. So some interesting perspectives. I just urge y'all to go check that out. So my boy Domo's here in the place with me. Shout out to the rest of the crew, the J.O. and of course, D.E.T. for them handling their business. They'll be back here with us soon, hopefully. Shout out to all the listeners out there worldwide, all the continents, every continent out there blasting our music. And of course, stateside here in the United States and in Canada. We appreciate all the love that you're giving and all the feedback on social media. We definitely appreciate all the feedback, good and bad. So uh, we know we can't get better <laughs> until we hear some of the criticism, which is cool because we could take it. We got thick skin and that's part of being in the game. Damo, here we are. Yet another edition of the vault feels like it's been a while and i know that we had a lot of fallout from our tailor the tape segment with Nas and jay-z there were a lot of people figuring out is how in the world could we end up making it a tie so (laughs) but that's just the way that the cookie crumbles but it's been a while and we've had a few bonus segments on here but we're back here with another review of a potentially classic album and this one that we have today is going back to the year of 1995 specifically to September 26, 1995, and the debut studio album by legend, icon, of course, rapper Cool G Rap, and his album 456, released on Cold Chillin' Records. This was his first studio album recorded solo after he broke up with DJ Polo in 1993, and the two of them put out two classic albums, Road to Riches and... uh, Wanted Dead or Alive, and then another standout album, which was Live and Let Die, their final album released in 1992. And this was his first solo album that he released as a member on Cold Chillin' Records. So here we are, Cool G Rap, 4-5-6, September 26, 1995. And uh, now it's been 25 years later. And Cool G Rap, of course, a standout. And I've told you before on this podcast, for me, he's one of the four lyrical titans as far as when it comes to the golden era of hip-hop along with Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, and KRS-One. I think they're at the top when it comes to Lyrical Titans, and he's right up there. So he came out with this album. This was his first solo effort, and uh, this was during a time where rap was starting to take a turn, and you started to see where it was heading in sort of a little bit of a different direction. But at that time, he was considered to be an OG of rap, and he was definitely making a comeback for him by himself. But I just wanted to sort of get your perspective now. I do think that this may have been the first time that you've heard this album, correct? You ain't lying. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, fi- I figured that much. And I figured that much. And that sort of speaks to 
who we, you know, as a rapper, he's well known within the industry amongst heads, but and amongst the mainstream audience, a lot of people don't really know a whole lot about Cool G Rap, but rappers I, I know about him. I knew who he was, yeah. but yeah. I didn't know his music. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. I got older cousins, so, you know, I hear them debating music, and, mm-hmm. you know, and they fake was trying to rap back yeah. in the day, and they talking about, nah, Cool G Rap. Man, you sleeping on Cool G Rap. And I'm yeah. like, Cool G Rap? Mm-hmm. Who the hell is... Uh, like, uh, you know, I even, you know, we, I'm 10, 11, 12. I ain't, you know, we not like how it is today where you could hit, go ahead, open the phone and up and, and go to cool right to rap. It. Yeah, Siri, right. Who's cool G rap? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't be like, all right, well, maybe if I run across something and I, right, well, they ain't really, I ain't never hear nothing on the radio. So I'm like, oh, what the hell is this cool G rap guy they talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So when you said Kooji rap, I said, I said, hey, you know what? I never even listened to. I done heard a couple of him with some verses or whatever, mm-hmm. and I might have heard my cousin play a, a, a throw a cassette in. Yeah, and that <laughs> and was, that it. was it. That yeah, was, that like, was it. Oh, that's cool. That's rap. I was like, oh shit. Oh, alright. Yeah, he he. To what I like to say, he's a rapper's rapper, and what I refer to him as. And one of the things that I noticed, like listening to this album this past week. I remember even back in 95 when there was promos. Remember like you used to watch the box and yeah. you would watch and there would be promos about upcoming albums coming out and you would see those like intermittently between videos. I saw a lot of promos for four, five, six coming up. And you know, the most telling thing that I had about those promos was that there were quotes from all these different rappers that talked about Cool G Rap, his legacy and what he meant to them. And it was rappers like Biggie, Nas, Raekwon, Method Man, like all these different like rappers that came up and said different things about Cool G Rap. Like, yo, he's the reason why I rap. Like, yo, I got most of my stuff and he inspired me. Like, yo, he's the reason why street rap is out there. He's fire. And it just like, I'm wondering, like at 13 years old, I didn't really know a whole lot about Cool G Rap either, right? But the one thing that I did know when the first thing that I heard about from him was actually the track Fast Life that's on here with Nas. Now, it wasn't a radio hit. It w- it came on. You know, I saw the music video for that, you know, just in passing, watching probably Rap City one time. I really kind of fell asleep on Cool G Rap until about, I would say, the year 2000 because I heard him on two featured tracks in 2000. One was a featured track with Big L on The Big Picture, which came out in 2000. And then the other one was a track on Talib Kweli, the Train of Thought did, the album that he did with uh, DJ High Tech. He was featured on that one as well. So at that point, that's when I decided to sort of go back and dig into his discography, his catalog a little bit. So I listened to definitely listened to Road to Riches and definitely listened to Four, Five, Six again and really amazed about it. But I just want to kind of get your perspective about, you know, first take of you listening to it this week and what you thought about it, being as though that you knew about him, but weren't really, really familiar with his music. You know, I listened to it. It wasn't, you know, some of them old albums you would see, like, all right, it's young hard to listen to. What was, what was that one we did? To, I think it took me like three times to get through it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the storyteller, the one that Jay loves, so, loved because it told a story. <laughs> uh, I can't think of. Are you I talking about the one we viewed early in the game? Are you talking about this was uh, uh, maybe Prince Paul, the yeah. Prince Amongst Thieves? Okay, yeah, yeah. But this one, I guess you know me being a Mob Deep fan, I I like that street gritty shit so it didn't make it hard for me to listen to mm-hmm. it's definitely i was like okay all right i can see i know it's from back in the day i could tell the sound i said but he's spitting on here yeah i said all right i said all right i can see why they you know why they said it was a classic back a classic back then mm-hmm. 
And I was like, you know, I, I'm glad he didn't crank out a 20 song jam like this. But, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good good amount of number. That's a good way to get through it, listen to it, good tracks. You know, the, they, they put the, the track, the album together well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you could def, I could definitely listen to it. I can. I also took from it where I can see where a lot of Bama's took, like, from him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And, like, and <laughs> like you can hear, and I'm like, oh, yeah. Right. I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. You can see where yeah. a lot of Bama's took yeah. his, his style or, you know, like the music, the grittiness of the music. Mm-hmm. And using, you, you can see that's, that they took that from him. Yeah. Exactly. And that's, I'll get to that in a second, which is a point that I'll make that I think is probably the most important point that you'll hear on this podcast when it relates to Cool G Rap. But the particulars about 456 came out September 26, 1995, was recorded in 95, actually was recorded in a studio in Bearsville, New York, which is actually outside of Woodstock. So we did this in the, you know, secluded amongst a lot of different, uh, you know, outside of the city. This was on Cold Chillin' Records, and for those of you who don't know about Cold Chillin' Records, it's the iconic rap label that hosted a lot of the members of the famous Juice Crew, um, the legendary Juice Crew, and was around since the mid to late 80s into about 1997. This was actually the last album that was uh, recorded and released on Cold Chillin' Records before it went defunct in 1997. Producers on here was uh, Dr. Butcher, who did the majority of the production on here. There was also production from uh, T-Ray, Buck Wild from DITC, Digging in the Crates, and also Naughty Shorts on here as well. As you mentioned, the production on here, you can sort of tell that it it fit with the time. It's a lot of old school, but there's a lot of sampling on here. The samples on here are really of some not very well-known records as far as when it came from soul artists in the 1970s and old school music, which is one of the things that I think I liked about this album. But to sort of go back to your point, Damo, listening to this and seeing those quotes and reading about Cool G Rap, everything that I know about him, this album to me sort of reinforced exactly what it I knew what his influence was. Like you listen to this album and it's just like, damn, okay. I'm listening to this and from listening to other things like Road to Riches and Live and Let Die, you hear other influences then it's like, damn, now I can see that's like a method and technique that that Big Pun got this from. Or, damn, that's a method and technique I can definitely hear when I hear Jay Z spit or when I hear AZ spit or stuff that I've heard from Nas or stuff that I've heard mm-hmm. from Tretch. <laughs> like I'm running mm-hmm. down all the different rappers and stuff and the influences that I'm hearing that were definitely influenced by Cool G Rap when I'm listening to this album. And I'm like, yo. This dude really had an impact out there as far as the, the the type of guys that we heard spit, like the people that we were looking up to, even Mob Deep, Prodigy and Havoc, like definitely, especially Prodigy, like the mafioso terms and gang and street life and stuff like that. They same toward things you talked about, like when you were you're a Mob Deep fan, the things that we heard, an album we reviewed earlier this year, only built for Cuban links, the purple tape with Gray Kwan. Some of the themes you heard on that are the same type of things you heard Cool G Rap state in his career and reinforced on this album. For me, the biggest thing about this album was just one, him being able to reassert himself as a powerhouse lyrically and flow-wise, then also to really take his storytelling ability. I mean, I think that's one of the things about Cool G Rap that the industry knows that he can tell stories, but when you sit here and listen to a lot of songs on here, it's just like, yo, my my man is sitting here really like almost every single song on here is about is a story about something or someone. But it reinforced to me my feeling about where he stood as far as like to me, the top four, the progenitors, the godfathers of lyrical rap 
you know, flow, rhymes, internal rhymes, multisyllabic rhymes, all those different things, those four, and he's right there up, up there with them. You start seeing those influences from all these different rappers we talked about. Like, yo, one of the first things I said when I heard Big Pun spit, it was like, yo, this dude is almost like a clone of Cool G Rap. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like when I heard Big Pun spit for the first time. So to me, like I didn't really listen to this much back in the day, but when I started to dig into it, like you said, it's a nice length album, only 11, so- 11 tracks, but it's only really nine songs on here because one of these songs actually was remixed by um, by The Butcher. The original track, It's a Shame, which is track number three on this, was a, was remade on track number number 10, which was um, The Butcher's Mix. And The Butcher did a remix with a different type of beat, the same song and everything. So really only nine tracks on here. That's it, you know. But like you said, it was a good length, only about 42 minutes or so. It was a nice short reminder to sort of let people know, like, yo, Koji Rap is still out here fucking the game up. He still can't fuck the game up if he needs to. So this really wasn't big commercially. But yeah, what they say, um, he's some of your favorite rappers. They his sons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nah, man, because from that, from that era, from that era where we love them rappers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They his sons. Exactly. You can hear it, I'm like, yo, this show, mm-hmm. like sometimes some of the Jones, so I was like, hold on. Mm-hmm. Who featured on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, no, this is just him on here. Yeah. I said, oh, shit. Yeah. So <laughs> he has only three guest spots on here. It was B1, MF Grimm, and of course Nas. Those are yeah. only three featured, and all of those, they're all talented. I mean, that Nas speaks for himself. B1 and mm-hmm. MF Grimm, people may not know necessarily a whole lot about them, but they're skilled enough rappers to be on there. It's like, yo, if you're going to be on a track with Cool G Rap, you better bring it. The songs are featuring B1 and MF Grimm, those being Taking the War and then Money on My Brain, they more than enough held their own on a track to be on a track with Cool G Rap. But like you said, you listen to a lot of those things. Like I literally, like I said, I went down the list and it was like okay bam big pun bam tretch bam az bam nas like i literally went down and picked out a style that every single one of these rappers definitely got their influence from and i'm like yeah this is where they got this shit from this is why this dude is so highly regarded like you said they literally are his sons like (laughs) there's a list of rappers biggie raekwon black thought scarface mop have all stated that he was an influence of theirs like it's almost like he was the OG on the block. Like you got some young G's coming up on the block and they aspire to do well, but this is the OG that everybody looks at and respects. That's what cool G rap is. <laughs> and then not only that, but when he rhymes, you could sort of tell that he sort of really lived some of this stuff that he was going through. Now, was he probably killing people? I don't really know for sure, but he makes me believe that he did. <laughs> like, you know, some rappers talk about killing people in their lyrics and you don't really believe them. Like when you talk about he had like before he started rapping, he was actually involved in the streets. And you can really tell like him talking about CeeLo in four, five, six, which is the second track and talking about the dice game and him talking about crime life. Like the fact that he said he used to sell drugs, like you can sort of tell when somebody's authentic, when they live the stuff that they did. He lived a lot of stuff that he did. And you can he's, it's believable with him. He did pioneer the whole thing about mafioso rap. He really did. There's a lot of the street things that you hear of stuff that you heard from Nas, the Escobar version of Nas, stuff that you heard from Raekwon, stuff that you heard from Mob Deep, from Capone and Noriega. I mean, you, a lot of that came from him. It did. Yeah, so you can tell. So now we're going to get into just some of the tracks that you liked and some of the highlights that you liked on here. So I'll ask you, Damo, like what were some of your highlights listening to this? Take him to war. Mm. Of course, we can't forget Fast Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like Ghetto Nose for the brothers. Yeah, that that's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, for the brothers, man. That's whew. yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say those those right there was my highlights of the album right there. Mm-hmm. My first time going through. I was like, oh, I said, oh, I you know, you grab the phone. What's, what track was that? Yeah. Oh, I, okay. Oh mm-hmm. shit. All yeah. Right. Yeah, indeed. So my favorites on here. Um, I loved both it the both versions of It's a Shame. The original that uh had uh the very laid back track and then also had the vocals that were being sung uh, on the on the hook and then the butcher's remix that had that very sinister beat a nice very nice kind of a switch up that they did with the butcher doing that new beat to that remix take them to war with b1 and mf Grimm. i love executionist style because of the lyrics and because he was really cold-hearted and hardcore on that like some of the things as far as the lyrics on this are some of the darkest lyrics that I've heard on a track, especially even back then. Like people would think about like how the infamous, the lyrics were dark on that. And then a lot of mob deep stuff, the lyrics, like lyrics on this are really dark. Like seriously. Um, I love the samples on for the brothers blowing up in the world. I actually liked that track because of, he was sort of going through his own personal history of him trying to make it. Of course I love fast life because it's like, you got cool G rap and Nas on the track. And the two of them sort of going back. And my favorite part of that song might have been that third verse between the two of them sort of trading lines back and forth. I mean, I like Ghetto Nose. Money on my brain, I think I would have liked to switch that with It's a Shame, the Butcher's Mix, to be in the last mm-hmm. track on the album. I thought Money on my brain was an interesting track. I liked the wordplay on that, but I do think the sample was interesting, though. That sample that you heard is actually a sample by Herbie Hancock. It was a chameleon by herbie hancock and overnight sensation by avalanche are the two samples that were used on that particular record and you know when i listen to chameleon by herbie hancock the one thing i'm not really thinking about is that being a hip-hop record but (laughs) but they sort of made it work though but but those are really my favorites i think if i had to pick between my favorite songs on here i think for me it would have to be between it's a shame for the brothers and fast life. And that's really where my favorites are at right now between those three, the production on here though, between the, the Dr. Bookchair, T Ray, naughty shots, and then definitely buck wild. They all kind of fit like what the album needed to be. Like this was not a radio album, as you mentioned, like, you know what I'm saying? Like we don't, we yeah, didn't grow yeah, up getting, wasn't. we didn't grow up getting the radio hits from Kooji rap. Like I think the only thing I've heard him commercially, even on somewhat was on the Brown Sugar remix by D'Angelo. Like, that's the only thing I really ever heard of him. Like, he was, that was somewhat commercially viable, but even that wasn't played on the radio. But this was not a radio album. This was really a street, underground, grimy-type album, and you knew the beats couldn't really be flashy or nothing like that. These had to be some really grunge, grimy beats that take you to the street. Like, that's really what the production needed to be. It needed to be street, definitely. So those are really, like, my highlights. A good amount of the album I could sit there and listen to. Like, as a matter of fact, I was helping our boy, um, you know, on Thursday night we were driving around. I had to do driving for like two hours. I, I let this album say on play for the whole time that I was driving. I just kept the let replaying the whole thing over and over again. And I kept running into mm-hmm. those favorites over and over. And I kept coming back to those tracks that I liked that were my favorite. Yeah, it would have been nice. This is uh, I thought of when when I listened to it, I said, "Oh, this is this is a J type of album right here." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, you he always shot the grittiness, the street. Yeah, like, street. I, said, oh, I, was, I got through like the first three, four tracks. I said, I said, oh yeah, this is a J album. J album, right yeah, here. yeah, definitely. I know Jay definitely would appreciate this album. It's a shame we couldn't get him to come on, but I know he would like something like this. And it was even crazy because I was with Dave, and Dave was listening to this, and. Dave thought it was something else. And I was like, he was like, you thought was this, was this Elsa? I said, nah, this cool G rap, man. Like, yo, this is four, five, six came out 25 years ago. And he was sitting there listening. And he was like, yo, man, this, this shit nice. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's cool, man. It's a nice, it's a nice little project. You know what I'm saying? And it's something, like you said, not something that we were going to be able to be aware of. Like you weren't even seeing videos like this. I sat there sort of the fast life video once on rap city. That was it. You didn't see no other videos. There weren't any other singles. So you really had to be in tune with the game to really know about this album or even read about it later to even know what was going on with it. But definitely lyrically was ridiculously great. I think the flow was great. I think the production fit. It wasn't, I don't think the production was spectacular, but I do think that it was made for what he was singing on these tracks. I think it was a perfect soundtrack for those lyrics and the story he was telling. So now we're going to look at any notable quotables. I don't know if you had a verse that you wanted to share. I definitely have one that I wanted to share from execution or executioner style. Did you have one? Um, I had it from uh, taking them war. Okay, go ahead and let's, let's hear it. Cause violence is contagious. I got them busting gauges. The 95 Larry Davis. And I'm wetting niggas for wages. Queen is the home of one, the known fella. And ain't no telling when I'm cracking your fucking melon. For the right amount of chips, I spit clips and hit whips, leaving niggas bloody the leather seats in their shit drips. <laughs> yeah, I think that was that B1 verse from Take Them to War. That second mm-hmm. verse, yeah. Yeah, nah, B1 and MF Grimm definitely had some highlights on here, man. And that was a that was interesting when he said he's 95 Larry Davis. And I was just like, damn, okay, so he's he talking that shit right there. Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool G rap on executionist style like this is crazy like i had to i think i reround this verse like two times to hear some of the lines again that he said on this so he's like as i steps aside the playground i lays down my laws at the door and any nigga that's looking for trouble gotta face this stuff with four fours i'll be packing my hip hollow tips inside the clip ready to rip a nigga's shit and make his wig split to the side of homicides committed i get rid of niggas quick because ain't no bullshit permitted i'm an outlaw this motherfucker villain doing killings i won't stop until the moors got bodies stacked up to the fucking ceiling ain't no drive-bys a mag and bag lady this guy's a surprise you got a hole between your fucking eyes niggas is grades catching strays from the blaze amazed by the ways i lay him down when my shit sprays crazy brings hanging and niggas veins are swinging banging and gunslinging even my own fucking ears are ringing Cause when I carry is much bigger than dirty Harry's do a hail Mary. I'm like bloody Mary's out of your capillaries. Mm. <laughs> mm. Pieces of flesh hanging off a nigga chest. Cause the vest is what he dressed. Couldn't fuck with the Smith and West motherfuckers running for miles and body stacked up in piles. I'm killing executioner style. The line in particular here to me is because <laughs> I what I carry is much bigger than Dirty Harry's do a Hail Mary y'all make Bloody Mary's out of your capillaries like nigga mm, 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 mm. that's ridiculous yeah. dog make Bloody Mary's out of your capillaries like yo it's a lot of verses on here that I could sit back and go through but it's to me that's my favorite one because that's really raw right there like yeah. and the imagery that he talks about as far as like the shit he man what yeah, it's just like you talk about like all these hardcore folks like, yo, I can see why like Mob Deep MLP like definitely looked up to this dude, man, because yeah. it's ridiculous. Like, yo, lyric play on this word play is ridiculous. 
and going through these verses and listening to them, like I think I rewound that like two or three times. Like, yo, what the fuck that nigga just say, yo? Like, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Wild as hell. One of the things that I think, another thing that I took from this album is uh, really the fact that I was reading the story about him and they said that things really started getting hairy for them right around this album. When this album came out that, you know, it mentioned that he had, he went and recorded this in Bearsville, New York. Well, he did that because there was shit going on out in the streets and he was still out in the streets while he was still recording. And the word was that people put a hit out on him. So he left the city and went further up North and towards Bearsville to record this. There was, as the story continues that he took his family and moved him out to Phoenix because he needed to get the fuck up out of New York, period. <laughs> so <laughs> he got low. So we talk about, like I said, you can tell that he lives the shit that he spits and the yeah. life that he's going through. You could tell that it's grimy. Like, yo, that sort of just reinforces the point that it's like, yo, this dude really went and recorded his album out of the city because niggas was trying to kill him. <laughs> and then he moved That's his family crazy. out of state almost That's halfway crazy. across the country. Because he didn't feel like his family was safe, dog. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like taking, keeping it real to a whole nother level. <laughs> Golly. But he's still out here rapping, man. You know, the funny thing about Cool G Rap is that he just put out an album as recent as Return of the Dawn in 2017. And he just did a collaboration album with 38 Spats called Son of G Rap in 2018. So he's still out here making, making records, man. And like... I mean, he's 52 years old now, you know what I'm saying? So he's like the same age as like LL and right around the same age as, as Jay-Z and everything else. And he's still out here sort of doing music, man. So, you know, for those who don't know, he does have, uh, uh, they had, he had at least, I think a couple of kids, but the first son he had, he actually had with none other than Corinne Steffens. Now we all know who Corinne <laughs> Steffens is, <laughs> which is wild, man. But yeah, so he's definitely respected in the game, man. And reading a couple of articles about that, you understand how far his influence goes. So now we're going to get into the test, man, and see what it is you think about this album, Damo. So what is your verdict? Um, would you say that this is a certified classic, borderline classic, just a classic in its time or not a classic at all? I'm gonna say it's a classic at its time, mm -hmm. but the lyrics I would say I put it above category. And I think production could have made it a, a certified classic, but you know back then it's gritty rap, so it's definitely yeah. it's certified for its time. Mm -hmm. And I, you know I think his him still like you said him still rapping today. I mean that sound is back in now for real. So he probably can come with something with better. You know you get with some of these producers that's that's doing gritty rap like the Griselda and them yeah and he probably give you a banger bruh like you read in my mind you know that right <laughs> because I was like you know who I would love to hear Cool G rap with nowadays I love to hear him on a track with like Benny and, and Conway like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know? you get him with, with them same producers that they use yeah. for that gritty rap yeah and even whoever uh Jim Jones using mm. for because Jim Jones giving you gritty rap too yeah mm -hmm. on that El Chapo album whoever he got on using them if you get him him them couple of producers with what he's saying yeah and he done lived it yeah and he can give you some stories and he a storyteller yeah exactly I'm, I'm pretty sure he probably can give you a classic album right now you absolutely give him the right producer yeah absolutely he's still gonna spit no matter what man. Yeah. And you give him right producer, I think you can still put out a classic album now. But to be able to hear a track with maybe him and with Benny and Conway, show. <laughs> and then you got three dudes who legitimately have been in the game. 
Conway, yeah. Benny, and G-Rap. That's going to be something. Like, you talk about real rap, like three niggas that have been out there and lived it, that are vicious on the mic. And give them some production. Yo. <laughs> yeah. We might need a petition for a, a, a collaboration album between G Rap, Benny, and Conway. Yo, that'd be album would be classic with the right production. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but to me, I'm actually going to go ahead and say that this is a borderline classic. It's borderline to me because I think that again there wasn't a lot of commercial appeal. Appeal, not that there has to be commercial appeal when an album, classic album, is made, but I do think that this could have benefited from at least one single that really could have made this album become popular. I think that underground wise, this is definitely a classic certified classic for the underground heads, like the industry folks who have been there who are hip hop heads. But I think it's a borderline classic to me because I think it's aged pretty well, considering that it was 25 years ago. And the fact that the beats are the way that the beats are and the beats are fine, but the lyrics to me, I think, like you said, I put it, at a, at a 10 of 10, like at an 11 of 10, even now, 25 years later, being listening to it and being able to pick out, all right, bam, this is where Big Pun got this from. This is where Tretch got this from. This is Raekwon, Ghostface, this person, Biggie, all got this type of stuff from this dude, man. So I do think that it could have benefited from a really big single that could have taken this to the next level. And I think that the production, I think to me, is is at about a seven and a half to an eight, considering what the what the subject matter was. But if it had, if this production had been at a 10, this could have been a certified classic without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm. So there we are. Cool G Rap 456, the last release on Cold Chillin' Records, released in September 26, 1995, 25 years ago. Make sure you at least go out there, go check it out, man. Listen to it. It's not a long listen at all. 42 minutes long. Just being able to list, look at the lyrical mastery of Cool G Rap, man. And also the production on there be able to appreciate the really gritty and grimy sound that you hear but go ahead and listen to this man pick up koji rap and also make sure you go check out the road to riches with dj polo and also live and let die and also wanted dead or alive as well man because all really great music by koji rap and you can see where a lot of these rappers we talked about that he was their influence where they got their style from and that's going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault Please make sure you go check us out on our new host on Red Circle. You can also get to any one of our social media channels. If you go there to any of our social media sites, you can get to our link tree, which has all of our streaming sources and also all of our social media channels. For there, you can go to catching us on Instagram on at Vault CMR Podcast, on Twitter at Vault Classic, and on Facebook and YouTube, you can search for the Vault Classic Music Reviews. You can search, like the Facebook page, make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We put our our episodes up on our YouTube channel periodically after our episodes are on our streaming sources as another form of distribution. And make sure you're checking us out on social media, following us and liking our pages. We definitely want to make sure that we continue to interact with y'all. We do it here at The Vault, all for y'all. We appreciate your support. And if you have a friend, tell a friend and you make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always want to make sure that you keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And then closing, we want to remind everybody to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. You're never destined to stay stationary or obsolete in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.